Um, today, we're going to try something different for our podcast. We're going to do a bit of a roundtable discussion. We have found that most of us um, probably have learned a ton during these types of roundtable discussions. So today, I'm, I'm joined by Dr. Dean Vixman. He's got two hospitals in Denver, Colorado, and Ravi Talawani, who has one hospital uh, in San Francisco, was owner of two, but has sold one over the last few years. So today's topic is we are going to talk about kind of how to manage the HR part of the practice. So I think all of us deal with this on a daily basis of, of how do we manage when employees are sick, when they need time off. Uh, Dean, I think we were talking earlier, you said one of your vets needed a day off because she put her animal to sleep. Like, how do you deal with the schedule? How do we deal with the constant manipulation of trying to get clients in, but trying to keep your staff happy? Because if we know that, if we totally ignore these things, the staff is not going to be happy and they're not going to stay. So how do we try and minimize um, these types of disruptions that way? So Dean, tell me, what do you do in your practice? I, I think, I think definitely, I think definitely it really depends on the practice. So we have two, you know, we have two practices across the street from each other. So we have Evans East, which is a large, uh, probably 10 FTE doctor practice. And then we have the cat hospital across the street, which is probably about one and a half to two, two FTEs. And so the situation you described happened at the cat hospital. And so it's far more difficult to replace that veterinarian. And so in that case, we just had to uh, move our appointments around and um, have one other veterinarian work her schedule. And so that was basically just a, unfortunately lost income to the practice. Um, it'll get made back up again, but it was lost income to the practice. Well, tell me something, because I have, Dean, I have this, like, I don't know where it's from. I guess it's from growing up, but, like, this anxiety about inconveniencing clients. So, for me, like, to, to when that happens, like, when we have a doctor call in or we've had doctors who got sick, like, we try and squeeze them in to other doctors that way. We still have to call them. We say, hey, we can get you in at this time. There are a few that we have to reschedule. And I've had a ton of anxiety about that. And for many years, I just was like, that's not how we work. We get them in, we get them seen. Like, what do you think about that? Like, what's your opinion on are clients really that mad? Or is this just my perception? Are they okay? Is, is we it, it going to lose you clients, I guess? I don't think so in the end, but we have the same culture, um, without a doubt. And so in that situation, they would they would call the clients and offer to let, which is good for us, offer to let them come across the street and see another veterinarian. If they could squeeze them in with the one veterinarian over there, they would, or they would reschedule them. And they didn't seem to get a whole heck of a lot of pushback, to be honest with you, since they gave, I think the important point is laying out the expectations and giving the client choices. Uh, I, th I think that that's ultimately what's really important. Hi, Robbie, so, what, Robbie, what about you when this happens in your clinic? What happens? Well, I think that we're more challenged potentially because we are a small hospital. We have uh, roughly two FTs working every single day as far as veterinarians go. And um, we have six or seven support staff there. So whenever one of our veterinarians, and fortunately this is extremely rare, is that is not able to make it during a scheduled day, then uh, the only thing we can do since we're booked out uh, a few weeks in advance is to go ahead and reschedule the, uh, the appointments for that day. So that happens pretty rarely. Uh, the, the more significant problem for us is that our staff uh, call in sick or, or late. Uh, and that's, that's where the challenge occurs because with a smaller practice like ours, if you lose one person in the front desk, if you had two people to begin with and you've down to one, that becomes a real problem. And so 
Our process currently is we have a hospital manager. Uh, she receives a text from the individual uh, in the morning, uh, and uh, then she tries to reach out to uh, our employees that are not working for that day to see if she can, if they can come in. It takes a little while to get that response going. Sometimes they say, yes, I'm able to come in, and we're lucky to, to have that happen. But whenever they're not able to come in, then we are short-staffed, and it becomes a challenge for the entire staff. So. Um, so that's the for I mean for a smaller practice like ours, uh, it's it seems to be more of a challenge. Uh, like Duffy, like you mentioned, I had a larger practice that I sold a couple of years ago, and and uh, whenever there was a, a loss of one FTE uh, support staff member during that time in that practice, we seem to be able to absorb it pretty well and still have the workflow occur. But it becomes more of a challenge, obviously, with, with the current situation, small practice. All right, well, I got two questions for you. So, and I've had this debate a lot and I've lost every single time. Texting in that you're sick. I find that way too easy um, to be able to text. It's changed a little bit because of the pandemic. I was much more kind of adamant about, I needed to talk to you um, because I felt like if you actually had to talk to somebody, you were less likely to, you, you got to work a little bit more um, that way. So, our in our handbook was you can't text, you can't slack, you can't you can't say you're not coming in and have to talk with someone. They all slack and they all text it and nobody calls. So how are you guys dealing with that? First of all, how how can they? What's the process of them calling? Is it text, Ravi, or is it? And you're okay with that? So uh, that's a good point, Duffy. Is that it just so happened that a week ago we changed our process as far as uh, people calling in when they're sick. Um, they're used to text the the practice manager. I did not hear about it. I'm not I'm not there every single day. I'm not actually seeing clients. So I come in every other day or every third day or so and I get feedback on what's what's going on and, and ask, you know, why is someone someone missing? And uh, you know, they texted this morning and they're not feeling well. So we changed the process where uh, we're converting the texting to the practice manager to a Slack. And I know that definitely you mentioned that this may not be the optimum approach, but we're trying it is that uh, now they're slacking in the employee channel saying employee absences and vacations. I'm on that channel. Uh, and uh, so this is the first time that they have to inform me. Uh, and, I've and we had a staff meeting last week and I said, you know, all of the uh, absences I need to know about, uh, and I will basically be handling how, how we fill those absences. Uh, so it's Thursday, it's uh, it's four weeks, four days into the, uh, <laughs> into the process, and no one has uh, has uh, texted me on, I mean, uh, uh, messaged me on Slack yet. So I'm not sure if this is going to work, or not, yeah. but, but I'm the owner, and uh, perhaps it, uh, it provides a little bit more of a deterrent uh, to spontaneously text uh, in the morning if you're not feeling well or you have something else that you want to do. All right, Dean, how do you deal with it? I, 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 w I wish that I felt that that made an actual difference, but we do allow them to text, um, but they have to text, they can't just text one person. They have to text three, three to four people. So they have to text their direct managers and my practice manager um, and, and let them know. Um, they don't have to call all four of them. They, they're, they're allowed to text. Um, we also want to, this, this is an interesting one. Uh, we also want to know if they're going to be late. Um, and so this is one that I, I really grapple with. We have a Slack channel, which Duffy knows about that, that sits there and says, I'm going to be late. And it, it, and he shakes his head, 
but it 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 lets them it, a couple things. It lets them know um, if somebody's running late. I'm part of that channel. It also lets me see if there's a pattern that's starting to to form. The problem that I believe that happens with that is is that I think that it also breeds bad behavior um, because now other people can see who's going to be late and people that are people that are um, pretty diligent about being on time sit there and say, well, they're late, so why can't I be late? And I think that happens, to be honest with you, I think that happens a little bit, but I truly believe that people that want to be on time, and people that are prompt, are prompt. Um, and that people that have a tendency to be late have a tendency to be late and it allows at least me and the, and the staff members to see if there's a pattern that's happening. I mean, I, I like the Slack channel from the pattern because you got a good record of it. I, I will tell you, Robbie, this is maybe something to think about for your um, employee too. We we had them only text in a like a just to the managers because I didn't want them saying I'm not coming in because we had that they would do it in our general channel. And what would happen is the rest of the staff would start to get anxiety because they knew they had to do more work, and they immediately have a bad attitude when they walked in because they had seen that someone's not coming in that way too. So. We don't really spring it on them that no, someone's not going to be there until the morning. And we kind of say, Hey, we moved this person to move that person. You're covered till we kind of can able to manage it that way too. And Dean, I, I would say for your late problem, and you know, late is my thing. Like my uh, Dean and I have had a lot of conversations. I think being late is like a personal, um, the worst thing you can do in our office. And I kind of tell people, I tell our staff, I said, it doesn't, it means you don't care about us. You don't care about the staff. You don't care about anything. So the way I've dealt with the weight problem is I, I will, you get three strikes, three weights in a quarter and they're gone for me. And I set that up very early in their practice. The other is one of the things we instituted was our um, staff bonus program. And so one of the reasons you get kicked out of the bonus program for that month in particular, is uh, if you're late um, or if you call in. The, so, so Duffy, I, I have a kind of have a clip on the call in because of COVID. Um, I have a question for you. What Duffy, what do you, Duffy and Robbie, what do you guys define as late? Five minutes after your scheduled time. Well, Robbie. Well, fifteen minutes here, but we're not having as good success as Duffy is. Uh, we would have not been as strict with individuals as far as we believe that you know. The, the, here's the here's the balance, right? Is that there there are certain individuals that show up ahead of time, and we know those individuals. And there are certain individuals that are probably going to be chronically late, being late one day out of the week, and and it's fairly consistent. So we do have a point system. We do write them up. We haven't taken the action of actually letting them go, and maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the problem. It's a balance between the number of staff that we have and our recruitment effort because we're we're so so lean staffed at this time. Even losing someone uh, at this point will put us in the deficit. So, you know, is it is it worthwhile for that person to be late once a week? Of course, it does stress out the other staff. But but the reality is the culture deteriorates because then I'll, you know if you let one person do it, then other people do it too. So and that's, that's that's the big reason. Like I, I will actually go short staff than to have the culture eroded. So I, I will take that hit on the staff with being late because for me, that's, uh, you know, we were actually just talking about this today in our staff meeting. There's little slippage of culture that happens over time. And it starts with little things like that. It starts with being five minutes late, then 10 minutes late, then not doing a procedure like we asked and not doing a little bit more and starting to put yourself in front of the team 
And so for me, late is like a big in your face kind of one. Like it's almost like you make a point where that's so important that the rest of the details are important as well too. So right or wrong, I don't know. Like it's hard. It's more of our culture, but I, I do look at that as a very tangible thing because it's measurable. It's easy as a culture slip type. You know. So I think that establishing you know, expectations up front is really key, right? And you're, you're doing that very successfully. And people understand and appreciate the fact that they're going to be late three times, uh, that they're going to be out. And if it's happened before, uh, there's teeth to it. Yeah. And definitely people that want to stay on board will will try to do their best and not, not to have that go three, three strikes. It gets, uh, it, gets them on the, it gets them on our staff incentive program. So um, the basic of our staff incentive program is that we I have a certain budget number. If we hit that budget number that month, then every staff member gets a dollar for every regular hour they worked um, that month. So and I can calculate that pretty quick. So if you're late or you're absent, um, you're kicked out. You don't get an extra dollar, which could be up to 160 to 200 dollars a month, you know, bonus for that check for that employee. So that tends to get them back on track. Um, I also that's interesting. Get it, I also get it um, if you mess up your time clock because that's another one that I'm like. Just do your time clock. It's not that hard, but I will knock them out. If I have to fix your time card three times in a month, you're, you, you don't get the bonus. So, so maybe that, that, intermediate step from firing. That's interesting. I, I do want to add that our late policy is 10 minutes. So you're five, Robbie's 15, and we're 10. So we're, we're kind of all over the place on that one. But we're kind of in the same camp as Robbie. We, we do have, uh, we're a lot bigger than he is, but we do have a point system based on if you're late and if you're absent. And we, we reward people with extra time off or dollars if they're not late or they're not absent. And to be honest with you, I, I find that it just doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't drive them. Um, it just doesn't. I do have a question for you, Dean. So, and Robbie, when they're, when they're absent, is that a pay time off day or is that a, you just don't pay them? Well, they use PTO time for okay. unexpected absences. So we have a PTO system. So uh, if, if, if they burn it up, so if they burn it up, then they don't get vacation, right? Correct. Correct. And you don't That's allow non-paid time off, right? Typically not, under uh, unless under exceptional circumstances. Now they may have used up all their PTO, and then they're calling in sick that day, so they're unpaid for that day. Okay. Yeah. They, they burned everything. Yes. Yeah. Same thing. Same. Yeah. Um, they have to use their. They, if, if they're gone, they can use a PTO day. Uh, but if they burned them, then they're done. They don't get any more. So when they go to request vacation, that's always the time, you know, they're like, I want to go for Christmas. I'm like, well, you used all your paid time off days, you know, because you were, you weren't here. So that's always a difficult conversation, but I think word has gotten around our office that we're pretty, we're pretty set on that. So you would, if they came and said, I want, I want to take off for Christmas and I burned all my PTO. Um, you won't let them go because they don't get non non paid time off. Correct. Yeah, we would probably let them have the time off, not paid. Um, well, it, it, that's a tough one. Let me caveat that. And this is going to go against every HR person out there. It depends. I would agree. So sometimes there's unusual circumstances that you have to deal with. But again, we're in the same boat as Robbie, and I and I appreciate appreciate your your um, your being strict. But when you're lean and you don't have enough help, it's really hard to give somebody the boot when they've totally violated the attendance policy. 
you know, when we're more, when we're more flush with help, I think we're getting, which is where we're starting to become, we're starting to get a lot stricter about our attendance policy. And I think that's, that's a real cultural kind of difference is, is I just feel like being late and being absent just erodes, the, it is like the number one eroder of the culture for me. So I will go short. I, I, I will take that. I will, I will go short over having to deal with that. But that, but that's me. But that obviously that seems to be working, and, and logically I think that that would work really well. Yeah. Um, is it so, working, Duff? I mean, it is it working? And so your people are not don't run late, and your people don't call in. They don't call. I've had to change because of COVID, and I've become very much more lenient. And it's already I'm already seeing it slip. I'm already seeing we had some people call in for GI stuff and all this, and I was like. Guys, this is not COVID. It might be, but you know, then the person's like, "Oh yeah, well, I went out and had too much fun last night." I'm like, "That's not. That's not how we do this." You know, so I already got taken advantage of because of what I was doing with COVID, just with that. So I've I've tried to tighten back up, but I've had to be much more lenient because sometimes you don't know. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt of staying home if if they do feel like they're sick. So it's been this last year has been a little more challenging, but I feel like it's already slipping. I feel like we have more probably un-COVID related absenteeism than we had ever before. We're in the same boat you are, Duffy, is that uh, we've been very lenient uh, with individuals calling in when they're not feeling well. Obviously, the the balances, if, if someone has COVID, uh, and luckily, you know, there's no COVID that's been transmitted at our hospital is that if they bring it to the hospital, then of course you expose the staff and that's, that's not a good thing from the staff's health perspective. So we've been very lenient in letting people stay home and test out by PCR. Uh, and, and that's, that's the right thing to do uh, during this fine time. And it's also, I think that your practice, you know, all our practices have suffered because of that as far as operations go. So that's, that's been interesting, Seth. Well, perfect. Well, guys, thank you. This is. Well, I have, I do have a couple of points, uh, uh, questions for you. All right. You bring up the, the culture perspective is that the social pressure is that you said, uh, you know, regarding our Slack. So we started doing Slack this week and we have everyone on our employee channel that, uh, that indicates that they're going to be absent. Yeah. My goal was, is that maybe social pressure, uh, will, will eliminate in individuals calling in absences. But you had a very good point is that it will stress out the staff when they see in the morning that someone's going to be absent. I, I thought that too. And so I had our first version of this was I had them put it in the general channel because I wanted some social pressure or shaming a little bit. Yep. Shaming. Yep. Correct. I found that the young people are so centric that they don't care. Yep. We have a we yep. have a whiteboard. They're we have a white we have a whiteboard, and on the whiteboard it has the we wanted to do the same thing and list the name of, of of who called out, hoping that the the social pressure. And you're exactly right. Generationally, it just it just doesn't it it doesn't matter. It, there's no there's no social. They just don't feel the social pressure in my mind. Okay, so that's that's a lesson learned before we get, go down this path. So thank you for that. <laughs> and the other thing that the comment that I have is that Duffy, I like your carrot stick approach. Obviously, you're very strict as far as the uh, as far as the late policy, but there's a carrot, and that is that carrot based on revenue yeah. targets for the for the, okay. Yeah, so I, this was not original. I borrowed mm -hmm. this from another uh, vet friend of mine, and I thought it was brilliant because I was I was looking to try and how do you tie 
their, how do you tie the staff's kind of um, reward or pay base based on income of a hospital? And if you do as a, as a net, they don't have control of any of the net that way. So I was like, let me just do it on gross. So I just basically take a percentage of what we did last year and say, how much do I want to grow by or what do I think my target is? I go ahead and post that at the beginning of the month. And then weekly, I give them updates on where they are. If we hit that number, then like I said, everyone who qualifies, so you have to be here within six months. You can't be late. Uh, you can't have called in and you can't have messed up your time clock. Um, so as long as you meet those four requirements, then when the next month, when I pay it out, you get a dollar for every regular hour you work. So if you're gone on vacation or you're gone, it actually hurts your bonus as well too, because you don't get as much hours. So for me, I felt like it rewarded the people who were here a lot, but it also gave everyone a goal to, to strive to. And I do post it once a week on, on where they are with a little encouraging, hey, you're doing great. You know, we're a little bit behind. What do you need to do? You know, stuff like that. That's I know, Jeff. Yeah. I know you and I have talked about that before. And you set a pretty high bar, if you, we if I remember correctly. Yeah. And so your team knows that they're not going to hit that bar month after month because if you set it so they hit it month after month, all it does is turn into an entitlement, not a not an incentive plan. Right. So you set the bar pretty high and what do you figure you hit it? I'm just curious. 50% of the time, 40% yeah, of the little, time? Probably a little less than 50%, I would say. But they know it. And they also know that they have to work together and they have to capture their charges. They have to make the doctor's charge. It, it really, what it did was it actually one of the big, huge benefits I didn't even really think about was they won't let the doctors discount stuff because that's going towards their bonus. So it puts pressure on them. And I told them, I said, when they do that, just walk up to the doctor and say, do you like the client more or me more? And they won't discount anymore. And so, um, you know, there is always, a, there's a strategic art of discounting. I mean, when you need to discount, you have to discount to make clients happy. But this, this really prevented them from uh, giving away a lot of stuff. So. That's great. It's a great idea. We, we, were, we, were, we were talking about doing it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, uh, Duffy, it makes a difference as far as people showing up on time? Yes. It, yeah. Okay. Once I get knocked out and everybody else gets the bonus and everyone's cheering and gets the next $150 and they don't get it, they tend yep. to up on time. Fantastic. Yeah. And they know, that, they know that I work at it too. And, and I'm always early, so I'm never late. I'm like, that's my, I'm, my wife gets so mad because I'm like 15 minutes early for everything and she, she thinks it's stupid. But, uh, you know, so I'm always here. I'm always watching. And, you know, we're pretty upfront about that. So. Great idea. Uh, Certainly, we're gonna uh, we're gonna consider very highly to adopting yeah. that. Easy to do. It's, it's much easier than I thought. Your payroll company can give you the hours really easily. You just put it in their next paycheck. It's it's really easy to do. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Good. Yeah. Perfect. Well, guys, it's always a pleasure talking with you, and I always get fantastic information from the two of you. You guys have helped me avoid a lot of pitfalls and other things like this. So hopefully, this will be the first of many of these types of conversations that we have. So great seeing you guys. Good conversation. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you.